let's do it. Uh, we're gonna play in the play in the tune. Well, I can't now. I've started recording. I oh. could go. That's the whole point of the sinking break. Oh my god. All right. Okay. Good. Give me some professionals to work with, please. My Turn Podcast, a gaming podcast hosted by extra competitive siblings. Expect news, reviews, laughs and arguments as we take on games across all genres and platforms. I did it! I did the whole intro. Sorry, that was just me getting excited. I did the whole (laughs) intro without making a mess. My name's Jem, I'm the eldest sibling and I'm joined today by my littlest sibling, Erin. Hello everybody, how are we all? And my middle sibling from another mother... The awesome, the wonderful, the excellent Tim. So middling. Hello, hello (laughs) everyone. Hello, Gem and Erin. Hello. Nice to see you after such a long time. Yes, even still across the virtual space, but it has been a while for us, I think, Erin. I've got so used to seeing you on Zoom meetings, so it just feels like you're real life now here. On a TV I actually screen. don't don't exist um, below (laughs) below the chest anymore. So you're like you're reverse cow and chicken's mum. Oh yeah, cow and chicken. <laughs> you just levitate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, okay. Uh, for anyone who doesn't understand that reference, nineties uh, cartoon cartoon. Um, on cartoon Go and Network. educate yourself. Go and educate yourself. It's great. Cartoons. That was a golden age of cartoons. Uh, yeah. I must admit. Absolutely. Um, so this is a gaming podcast. Uh, what have we got for you today? Some gaming reviews. Yeah. A bit of news about what we're excited about because it is in fact the month of October and we all know what that means. All the games, all the best games come out in October. That's just the way it is. Very exciting. Very mm. exciting. Um, so today we are going to be reviewing three games that all deal with a bit of problem solving and that are all kind of... Um, I don't know if site-specific is the right word, Tim. What do you think? Yeah, very um, infused with landscape and situation mm-hmm. and possi- possibly uh, a little sense of abandonment and escapism or trying to escape the place you land up in. Indeed, indeed. So if you are a fan of puzzle games, uh, definitely glue your ears to this one. It's going to be good. Um, so the three games we're going to be talking about are Mist. Return of the Obra Dinn and an escape room called Enter the Loop. So we've got two yeah. video games and an actual real life escape. Real life game. Coming up for you. <laughs> uh, so we're going to kick things off, I think, with Mist. And Erin, you are going to take the reins on this review. Yeah, so Mist, can you uh, sum it up in a nutshell for me, please? Yes, <laughs> I can. So specifically, <laughs> I played the Mist remake because yeah. there are different versions of Myst. In fact, it was first released in 1993, uh, and it was the best-selling PC game for nine years. Nine years! So um, it's from Cyan Worlds. Uh, This version was released for VR on Oculus Quest in December 2020. Um, Then it was sort of remade for flat-screen TVs Mm -hmm. with pretty visuals, uh, and released in August of this year, 2021. Also available... um, I played it on Xbox Series X, it's on Xbox One, Mac, and PC. It is a 3D first-person surreal puzzle adventure. That's how I would describe it, and it really tests the limits of your patience, observation, and logical thinking. 
Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, well, you kind of answered my second question, which is what kind of style of game was it? So I guess I, I could lead on from that. Is there anything that it's akin to? Anything that you feel like it is similar to at all? Well, I think if you remember just drummed the... his I knees jumped. again. <laughs> Aaron has got this really bad habit, Tim. I don't think you were with us um, the last time we did a pod together. Oh, no, you were. But Aaron just has got developed a habit of drum rolling his knees when he asks it. a question. I don't know why. <laughs> so I've started teaching drum lessons and I think I've, I've yeah. got a disease. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tim, I just thought I'd explain. <laughs> That's quite all right. That's quite all right. Let, let me take you into the world of mist instead yeah. then. Um, <laughs> so uh, in terms of what it's similar with, this was really the thing that kicked off mm. the early moves to CD-ROM games, which were very narrative. Um, you know, it would be similar to The Seventh Guest if you played that. That followed a year afterwards that had um, uh, video storytelling in it and you, you progress the story by solving puzzles. So it's very much of that oeuvre. Let me tell you about this story in particular. So you take control of an unnamed uh, person mm -hmm. who comes across the Book of Mist after a man named Atrus is imprisoned in an unknown region called Denis. And then you are whisked away onto Mist Island after reading the book and you, uh, you transport through books by touching an image on the last page. You are stranded on this island and you find yourself after a little bit of wandering around in a library where there are two books. Uh, one's got a red cover, the other's got a blue cover and you find that they are imprisoning two brothers, Cyrus and Achenar, trapped within. And they are both pleading to you to find their missing pages, blue and red, to help free them from the imprisonment of their book. Um, as you do that, you learn a bit more about their stories and they blame each other for mm. the death of their father, Atrus. Some good old so sibling rivalry. Some good old <laughs> sibling rivalry. Very, very appropriate, my friends. Um, <laughs> and so you have to go off and find the book's missing pages by linking books that are hidden, um, solving puzzles and navigating complex contraptions. And the pages um, will either bring the brothers to freedom and, and make their voices clearer or you have to use your judgment to find another path through to the uh, multi-end let's put it that way mm. there are different okay. results depending on how you choose to interpret what you've uncovered through the gameplay so there we go that's what it's like <laughs> yeah and I've also played the game so I just want to briefly come in and say that in terms of um oh actually quickly Tim did you play it Back in the day? Back in the day. Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I did indeed. Uh, although it was, I mean, it probably was sort of 93, 94. Yeah. I didn't, have a, I didn't have a very strong memory of the puzzles or the story as much as I did the atmosphere of the game. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. See, I, I, haven't, I hadn't played it before, but I remember seeing someone play. I feel like someone at uni had it. Um, but yeah, so I was sort of familiar with it, but I hadn't played it. But to me, going in cold, I just liked him. We've both got Xboxes, we've got Game Pass, and it dropped on Game Pass the day it kind of got the remastered version got released. Mm. Um, and I played it straight away, and with no context whatsoever, just as an opening, you just are on an island. Yeah. And you're like, uh, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of how it plays, if you have none of that context and don't look anything up, yeah. you kind of wander around an island and um, 
have to sort of piece a lot of this stuff together. Okay. So everything that Tim's described isn't just obvious. Like a lot of games yeah. now... There's a um, lot of narrative before you actually start you, playing, especially explanations in tutorials precisely. as well, isn't there? Yeah. yeah, you're just on an island um, in first person and it's not immediately obvious mm. what the hell you're doing there, who you are, what's going on. So so in that sense, yeah, it's uh, it definitely is <laughs> 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 <It's> pretty hard. <laughs> just yeah. throws you in at the deep end, really. Yeah. You know, that's that's what I've got in my notes for my, my good stuff, like yeah. what I like about it, is that I think that approach to gaming has been somewhat lost. Mm. I think you get handheld yes. through a lot, of, a lot of adventure games. Yeah. And yeah. I think a lot of puzzle games, the actual puzzle itself isn't often that hard. The difficulty often comes in the execution of the puzzle. And this mm. is just the opposite of that. So, yeah. you know, the, the good stuff, if, if I may carry on, is it, there are, yeah, 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 go there for are it. no I mean... obvious enemies. There's no physical violence. There's no inventory. There's no time limit to complete the game. Mm -hmm. There's no threat of dying at any point. And the storytelling is largely non-verbal. As Jem mm -hmm. says, you just get thrown straight into it. So it doesn't have much of a starting plot. All the aspects of it are implied. You have mm. to figure out where to go and what to do. And the game is really quite vague. It goes through mm. this show, don't tell approach. Yeah. So you have to inspect everything. You have to wander around, look at everything in detail, make lots of notes, and you have to sort of piece it together yourself and do the work. So taking your time to solve the puzzles is the best way to solve them. Um, a lot of the things you stumble across in the game will provide clues about how to solve the, uh, the different puzzles. Um so I really liked that approach to the game. I've forgotten, in a way, that games could be that um, that sort of minimalistic, I suppose, mm. in their approach of how they interact with you as a person. Mm. And as a result, that aspect of it makes it very immersive. Yeah, mm, nice. 100%. I'd agree mm. with that. I had a, a paper pad, literally, oh, and did a you? pen next to my Xbox controller for about a week. <laughs> that's how <laughs> immersed i was i would go and make a coffee and be solving a, a puzzle in my head oh, like, okay. and coming yeah, back yeah. and scribbling something um yeah I, i'm sure i'm sure tim will touch on the fact you know, that you really need yeah. analog um or digital aids to solve these puzzles you can't just use what is provided in the it's, game it's funny you guys mentioned this as well actually because i think it is definitely a trait of um older school games because you know how i was playing final fantasy 8 mm. it's a similar thing to that there's not really that kind of direct objective of where you need to go so i almost feel like it's a good idea to keep notes of actually what you're doing um and yeah, you are right. It is really lost. I mean, especially modern games where it's literally like, here's a marker where you need to go kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. it does lose that kind of real feeling of actually exploring the space around yeah. you. So yeah, it sounds the really, top, really good. Top tip for puzzle solving is I took photos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I believe yeah. I believe in the uh, in the VR version, you actually can, there's a function where you can snapshot oh, on your really? camera in the VR. Oh. Because obviously with VR, it's, it's a bit different. You'd have to actually take the equipment off to look at your notes, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. Um, however, you can't look at both things at the same time. So there are certain clues where you really want to have them side by side yeah. to make it easier. Um, I'm, I'm thinking, for example, of a puzzle that has a massive grid where some of the lights have to be turned on and some have to be turned off. Yeah. And it's not the easiest thing to remember. You might want them side by side. So that, that makes that a bit challenging if you're in VR, but they do have that function built in. Yeah. Um, and 
in terms of kind of like that creating the the immersiveness, that actually brings me on to why the thing that isn't so good about it. Yeah. Considering I don't even need to ask you questions. You just roll into it. This Sorry, is the easiest just... interview ever. <laughs> just, just talk. <laughs> Sorry, Erin. You can ask me the question if you want. It's just because it just, it rolled, everything rolled on so much from yeah. one to the other. I just wanted to carry on talking. It was just that um, in terms of the immersive, so in this version, you don't have the point and click structure that the original version mm. has you know, oh. in the early 90s. You can move freely through the world, which I really like that aspect of it. However, when you come to interact with the puzzles and bits of the environment itself, it's really quite difficult because you have to position yourself and make sure that your, you know, your, your cursor is placed exactly where oh, the game yeah. wants you to, which is much easier when you're doing point and click. And it's much easier when the navigation was taking you from one frame to another as opposed to continual movement. And with something like an Xbox controller, it's too sensitive to yeah. get into the small spaces. And that's the thing that takes you out of the immersiveness of the game, because all of a sudden your activity is about using the controller and getting yeah. annoyed that, it's, <laughs> that the cursor isn't lined up. When everything else is so immersive, that's the one thing that you're like, this this version, the remake, doesn't do as well as the original. And that's just because of, you know, the equipment we're using. And it's my fault for using an Xbox, really. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's just the thing that took me um, out of it a little, mm. bit, uh, yeah. a little too much. That said, on, on the plus side, at least there aren't any real intense time-based puzzles. Yes. If there were really intense time-based puzzles, I'd probably have broken the screen. Um, <laughs> yeah. But... But because there aren't, you've at least got that sort of saving grace. It's not oh, too it's... bad. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that. There were times when I was like, just click the damn lever! You know, when you know what you're doing and you're in the flow of a mm -hmm. puzzle and it just wouldn't, the cursor just wouldn't land on the appropriate tiny, tiny spot <laughs> on the lever that in, that made it do something. <laughs> it's just so annoying. <laughs> yeah. All right, so... Um... I just wanted to ask, next thing, anything of note about this game? Anything that makes it stand out? Anything unique? Um, I, I think the unique thing is kind of summed up in what I liked about it. Mm. It's just that, that I was going to say fresh, cl classic fresh approach mm -hmm. <laughs> to, to being immersed um, in a game where you don't have too much. It's... It, it's not having too much interface. Mm. Like you don't see too much of the mechanics of gameplay in it. You know, I get very used to playing modern games that have about 30 different things on the screen at a time that you're yeah. supposed to look at and monitor. It was quite nice not to have that for a mm. while. Yeah, can I, can I, think, I just yeah, chip yeah, in a, a, another sort of annoyance for me? Oh yeah, sure, sorry. Um, so when I played it, apart from the clicking, was just the amount of reading and I think, again, this is partly a platform thing. Because um, as Tim said, there's nothing like, you don't, yeah, you have to read a lot of stuff to understand what's going on in the world. And also there's a lot of clues that are in books. Yeah. Um, I just found it really hard to read on the screen. But I don't know if that is, it would have been easier on a PC back in the day, like if it just would have looked better. Or... I mean, it probably would have done considering the screen size difference yeah, like was... compared to now, everything's like 70 odd inches as opposed to a tiny little square. Yeah, and I guess you would have been closer to it as well. Yeah. But the fact that things were written in kind of scroll, weren't um... they? They weren't They weren't just like type font, which obviously of its time, the Star Wars, it was like scripty 
um, calligraphy type handwriting. So I just found it such a chore to read <laughs> all the books, but you really have to. Um, and then it is sort of satisfying because I was reading it and making physical notes on actual paper mm. from the books. And then when you realize that was worth it, it then was satisfying. So it's kind of a negative and a positive. Mm. It's really hard work, but then you sort of earn the reward of like, oh, I remember reading about the constellations. Yeah. Oh, right, I see where we're, what we're doing with this puzzle. Like, just stuff like that. Yeah. Just worth noting, because I yeah. know some people obviously have trouble reading lots that's and me, lots basically. on a computer I'd, I'd, I'd not be able to absorb that. Um, I mean, that's why I quite like things where there's a, a like an actual narrative being spoken over it rather than... Um, just reading words because it yeah. won't get absorbed for me and did you encounter any bugs tim because i did i thought i encountered a bug until i looked up because i couldn't work one of the controls and mm. then i went and looked it up to see if it was a bug and i discovered that the way you interact with that control is completely different to the way you interact with a, exactly the same control somewhere else. Yeah, I know so, exactly the puzzle you mean. Because I, yeah. I had to do the same. I was like, is this broken? Um, but I encountered a bug where a very important thing that you have to find just wasn't in the level. And oh. there was a whole thread of people going, where is it? And it, it seemed to be a, cons so what do you, a console. What do you do? reload the game hope it appears oh seriously yeah it never appeared uh, for me oh so, so yeah, yeah, what, yeah you couldn't actually finish the game <laughs> i i i was limited by what ending i could do oh what a yeah shame. it was really weird apparently it's been fixed now but because i uh, played it as soon as it dropped uh, um yeah <laughs> that was really <laughs> annoying <laughs> oh dear that's that's a bit of a shame really um but i guess that's kind of the beauty of of games these days especially if they are being remastered like patches do come along yeah, and they fix come a along. lot of issues. If you're patient. <laughs> <laughs> Which in your case? No. <laughs> I was recovering from surgery. So I was just like, I need something oh, to do. All, right. <laughs> I lit, all I can do is sit on a sofa. <laughs> Fair enough. So was there anything else you would like to highlight, Tim? Or would you like to move on to recommendations? I would recommend it for anyone seeking a bit of nostalgia, if they remember... Yeah either that or similar games from the early 90s. Um, I think escape room enthusiasts would enjoy this adventure because it has a very similar um, logical thinking approach to it. Mm. And I think specifically this version, I can see why it's made for VR um, because of the immersiveness mm. of it. And I think not having to line up your cursor in VR would probably add to that. <laughs> so that's who I recommend it to. Okay, brilliant. So your rating... I'm going to go for a 7 out of 10. I really enjoyed it. Yep. Um, but I think it's a game of a specific type and mm. it sparked a few um, uh, a few moments of nostalgia for me that I really enjoyed. That perhaps if I were coming to it as a, a younger player of games, I would think, what is this nonsense? <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. So a good game for your nostalgia then. Yeah, brilliant. Yes. Gem and yourself, did you have a rating of yeah, the game? Yeah, I, I would agree with Tim uh, on recommendation. I'd also extend that to say, if you are a lover of puzzle games, because mm -hmm. as Tim explained, this really is the front runner of a lot of these types of games where you're just in a place and you need to solve puzzles there. Um, you know, I'm thinking things like Journey and stuff like that. Um, then go back and play this game just for the historical sort of context of where these newer puzzle games have emerged from yeah because uh, it is is really nice to see and then how other games have been inspired by it 
Uh, but I would probably give this like, an, I think I'm gonna give it an eight out of 10 because although there were moments of it that annoyed me, I can totally understand that that is because it's been changed platform, mm. it's been remastered to make it move a bit nicer, you know, so you can get, yeah, I don't know. I, I really liked it, eight out of 10 from me. Brilliant, okay, <laughs> fantastic. All right, shall we move to our next game? What yeah. have we got next? Yeah. So I'm going to be talking about uh, another puzzle game Ooh. called Return of the Obra Dinn. Return yeah. of the Aubergine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, actually, that was a racial slur, Tim. Being was that it? Being what? that we're Turkish Italian. Uh, <laughs> oh. I... I was thinking more of the um, emoji uh, return of the late <laughs> messages I get <laughs> from from certain apps. Oh, they're back. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Return of the Oberdin um, was released in October 2018, so three years ago, almost exactly. Um, ported to the Switch in 2019. I played it on the Nintendo Switch. And it is from the mind of the genius that is Lewis Pope, who previously um, created Papers, Please, which is an excellent game as well. Um, and basically, in a nutshell, you are uh, on a merchant ship which has drifted into a port in 1818. And you, a 19th century insurance loss adjuster from the East India Company, are dispatched to figure out what the heck happened to the 60 souls on board. Ooh, so a this bit like is Mary a... Celeste. Yeah, a little bit. It really, um, as we're in October and we're starting to think about Halloween and scary things, the, the sort of setup of the game really reminded me of that bit in Dracula, which I know Tim's read as well, where the ship just sails into port and there's like, mm -hmm. there's just uh, the captain's like nailed himself to the, to the wheel or something, but everyone else is dead. And it's like yeah. figuring out what's happened. And that's pretty much exactly what happens at the top of this game. Mm. You arrive on the ship. So again, it's it's very set in that location. You don't leave the ship until you're done. Um, there's a kind of top and tail of the game, but other than that, the whole thing takes place on this kind of really cool old 19th century sort of galleon type merchant ship. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's the start of the game. Okay. <laughs> how about when you get into the gameplay? Is it more spooky storytelling or do you have to battle zombie pirates? Uh, there's no, <laughs> there's no zombie pirates. Um, no, it's very much... It is like a working merchant ship. So you start the game by obviously you're this kind of insurance broker and you've got to figure out what's happened so you know whether you can award them money or not. So it's kind of a, um, a very administrative deduction puzzle game. So you've got this journal that you're given and it contains um, artists interpretations, like artists sketches, if you will, of everyone on deck. This becomes very mm. important. You also have various chapters that don't have anything in them. And as you start moving around the ship, you notice that, oh, and I should say actually, the graphics are very um, informed by 1980s video say, games. Yeah, it, looks, <laughs> it looks like a classic game, but it was only released in about 2018, yeah, isn't it? This, yeah, I'll, I'll mention this in more detail, but um, basically everything is monochrome. So it's either sort of grayscale or like that kind of sepia mm. scale. So nothing is rendered in very much detail. But what you can see on this ship is um, sort of broken sails. There's the odd skeleton. There's some torn rags. Um, there's like a gash in the deck. Occasionally you'll come across blood splats. 
Um, and that's sort of your introduction to the game. And a bit like Mist, actually, you're not really told much. You're just told you need to find out what happened to everyone who was on the ship. So you just kind of wander around and the first thing you interact with is um, a dead body and that will then basically teach you how to play the game. So you'll interact with a dead body and you go into this kind of flashback. Mm. And what happens is you kind of put into a frozen scene, like almost like a diorama type thing, which you can move around and navigate in, but you don't watch anything happen in action. You hear it. So I thought this was a really nice bit of game design. So the audio in the game is fantastic from the creaking ship mm. to the swoosh of the sea, but also the, the voice acting is really good. So you'll, you'll hear a clip of action that was the moment of that person's death. So you, you'll get like, I don't know, 15 seconds. So, mm. And you have to deduce from that things like who is talking, who are they talking to, um, what kind of, what they might be struggling through. So perhaps they're being strangled. You yeah. can hear that in some of them. They're going, <laughs> you know, you can hear blood splats. You can hear gunshots. Um, you can hear splashes and crashes. It's really, really cool. I've never played anything like it. Mm. And How so, do you know they're being murdered and it's not just dysentery? Well, Tim, it's a good <laughs> thing you mentioned that. Because... <laughs> Part of what you're deducing is what's happened to these people. They might not all be dead. So in your journal, you've got a bunch of options. So what you need is to decide what the fate of each individual person was, uh, who or what killed them if they are indeed dead, because some of them might not be. Um, and then uh, how they died, for example, if they are dead. Mm. So just as a crude example, um, the captain of the ship may have been shot by the bosun um and you just you can fiddle around with what you think is correct in your little journal mm. with a kind of um this not a drop down menu but there's a menu of options what i love about this is there's loads of trick answers okay yeah so the crew members you know exactly who's on the ship because you've got a crew list yeah um i learned a lot about jobs on a ship with this <laughs> i didn't know what a bosun was i've mentioned that already uh I've forgotten already now, but at the time, <laughs> I played this a while back. But yeah, you learn like what what a steward does. You know, there's, yeah. there's a butcher, there's a carpenter, like you, there's all these jobs on the ship. And then there's like six passengers, I think. Um, and so, yeah, you have to kind of figure out what someone does. You've got the artist pictures. So you can kind of look at people's uniforms a little bit for mm. the picture and be like, well, that looks like an officer, but you don't know what kind of officer. Because mm. as as I mentioned, the graphics aren't like super, super clear. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. And you have to deduce how people died or disappeared. Um, and some of them, yes, there is some disease. I will announce that. So there is some disease in the game that you, okay. So some people just died because of disease and stuff because mm. they were on a dirty ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never thought that an insurance uh, insurance claims would make the basis of a video game. <laughs> um, do you want to, <laughs> sounds interesting though. Do you want to tell us anything else that um, was really good about it that you liked? What I loved about this game, so I've already mentioned the sound work and I think it's, it's really phenomenal. Um, excellent voice acting but what i really loved is the level of cross-examination that you have to go through to solve all of the fates of these uh, people on the in the ship um it is not as simple as oh i heard a gunshot 
that person was definitely shot by this person because they're the only two people in the scene. Mm. And what's really nice about the game design, so when you go into these frozen scenes and hear the sort of audio track of the death, occasionally you can then walk around that scene. You can also identify who was in that scene. So you won't know who they are because you have to basically label everyone. You don't know who anyone is. But you can look at the artist picture and you can see who in the artist picture was present in that scene. And then you have to go, okay, that was a shipmate. That was a, a that was the cook. That yeah. So you have to identify. It sounds that. like um, a very elaborate ga- game of Cluedo. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it really. Yeah, it really. If you like Cluedo, um, but want something more challenging, it will get your juices going. Believe me. <laughs> but it but it really goes into so much detail that you you just you do the first puzzle pretty quickly. Yeah. But you're not sure of anything until you get three fates decided correctly in your journal. And I love this because sometimes in games you solve a puzzle and there's like a light comes on or you get the immediate reward or mm. there's a bit of music and like, da-da, you've done it, something opens, hurrah. In this game, you can solve maybe like eight different fates, you think, and you haven't got any of the reward music which is the cutest music ever (laughs) the book basically if you get three fates correct the book plays a little song can you can you do a rendition of the song please i can't ah boo but it is the cutest music ever and it made me so keen to get things right because the music (laughs) was so cute and then it shows you in the book and it kind of stamps it in that you've got three fates correct but the Mm. fact that you have to do it in threes i think is genius because as, as, as it gets into the later stages of the game, you are literally trying to like triple things up mm. so that you can know that you're on the right tracks. Because if you get on the wrong, wrong track, you might get like 12 fates wrong Yeah. because you've labeled someone wrong. So basically the positive for me is this level of detail. Um, and also this game has a supernatural thread which I won't spoil because it's weaved in so nicely. Mm. So as you uncover the fates of the crew and um, the passengers, you start to think, okay, this isn't just mutiny. Something else was going on. And so it does get a bit sort of, not spooky, but yeah, definitely supernatural. (laughs) And you just want to know what's happened to everyone until the very last soul. It's really, really engaging deduction, puzzling. Sounds appropriate for uh, Halloween-y times. Yes! Uh, from what I'm hearing. But is there anything uh, devilishly bad that we need to know about? So, for me, there was only one thing that I just think was... I don't know how anyone solved this puzzle without cheating, basically. Or just doing the whole game and then it being the last one to solve. There's one um, death where you just... Because of the style of visual you cannot see what one person is doing to another. There's like a physical obstruction, there's no blood, um, it's just really hard. And again, it's one of those things, it's the only thing I looked up and I looked it up right at the end of the, towards the end of the game, because I just needed three souls. <laughs> I was like, I just need these three souls identified. <laughs> um, and a few people would kind of said, it's impossible to know. So it is about deduction, which is fine, which is fine, it's fine. Um, and that is just, that's just because it's so grainy. And on mm. this occasion, like you need to see if they've been strangled or stabbed, basically. There's no blood, 
you can't really see where the hands are like it's just it just annoyed me that every other puzzle was amazing and then the, just that one scene was impossible the other thing i'd say not a problem for me a problem for you tim uh <laughs> i think tim would absolutely love this game except tim uh can't recognize faces yep. and this oh. entire game is about recognizing faces so that's that's just a negative for if you're like tim uh, <laughs> I, i'd be so hard on the uh, on the struggle bus it would not be for me. The, the shame of it is you would absolutely love this game. So I'm so sad that you oh, can't no. play it and we can't talk about it. Is there no other distinguishing factors, though, like you said about people's dress and uniform? <laughs> there's just sort of there's just sort of no point going into this game if you can't because you're using the artist's picture so yeah. frequently. I don't know. I mean, I'd be interested to see you try Tim, but I think it's maybe a... I'll give it. Maybe I'll give it a go. Give it five we'll minutes. See. I don't know. I'll, yeah. I'll lend you the switch. I mean, we used, to, you know, we used to play Guess Who, but we did it in a way that didn't um, necessarily refer to any of their physical features. It was more the vibe <laughs> you got from them. Yeah. You'd be like, you'd be like, does this guy looks like he likes to sit on cakes? Yeah. You know, like yeah, that's. That's the way we used to play Ghetto. Yeah, I mean, you might be able to do it by with some of them got tattoos or like a hat mm -hmm. and things like that. But it got to the real minutia of like, does this person look Asian? Like, mm. it really. Right. <laughs> you, know, like, you have to be able to recognise a face. Um, yeah. Um, and is there, is there anything else then that we need to know before we get to recommendations? Um... I, oh, I really love also the way this game takes you through un unraveling the story in that you get these kind of like clue within a clue. So when you're in these sort of frozen scenes that you can navigate, there is also sometimes something like flashing and pulsing in the corner. And again, it's signaled a lot by sound. Um, and if you go over to it and investigate, it will leap into another fate. Um, I just really like how it draws you in and you just become so immersed in this world and what's happened on the ship. And there's all the different levels of the ships. So you really get to explore this sort of old galleon type. Mm. Yeah, it just it's just so immersive and cool. And if you like puzzles, definitely pick this up. Don't be put off by the graphics because it's not... I, I actually think the graphics are quite appealing because yeah. it reminds me of playing like a, a Game Boy game or something like yeah. that. And I, I've... I feel like I'm getting a bit of um a, a like rekindling with old school games after that Final Fantasy uh splurge. So Absolutely. yeah, I think that I really think appeals it, to me personally. It really um it really works with the fact that you're in an obscure situation that the visuals are therefore obscure. Mm. Like it's it's stylistically rendered and you can pick between which 80s sort of computer graphic you want like you can have like atari or something it's <laughs> different basically oh, wow. you, you can pick different ones but they're all much of a muchness yeah um but it yeah it definitely thematically works with a game which is about things that are mysterious and you can't really see the truth you have to deduce the truth mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah, i'm just going a bit deep there <laughs> <laughs> So another one for puzzle solvers yeah. and maybe for nostalgics and people who enjoy kind of these visual landscapes. Does that take us to a score? Yeah, yeah. So absolutely agree with that on recommendations. Uh, if you love a puzzle, pick this up. I am going to give this a super high score. Um, I'm going to give it a nine and a half out of ten. Ooh, wow, very I good. I like a mighty score. <coughs> oh, 
had a little cough there, so I got so excited. Yeah, it was almost a ten out of ten, but I just have to knock it for those those couple of little things. Yeah, it needs yeah, to be perfect enough. for ten out of yeah. ten, really. <laughs> Amazing though. Fantastic, um, sounds great. Yeah. Brings us on to our last game. Hello, me. So, Erin, uh, what are you going to be talking about and reviewing today? So, I'm going to be talking about. Um, uh, oh, my headphones have just popped out. Hello. Can can you speak quickly, Tim, so I can make sure I'm hearing you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yes. I'm going to be talking me, about an escape room called Enter the Loop. Enter the Loop. Yeah, and it just keeps popping out. I'm really sorry. All of a sudden, my headphones just keep so stop working. So it's not entering the loop. No. It's popping out, sliding oh, out, God. if you will. Stop this. <laughs> oh, no. All right, a headphone malfunction. One second. Let me just screw those back in. Was he playing the sloppy loop? <laughs> yes, the sloppy <laughs> It's um, an yeah, escape. in my loop. In Sorry, my... that was rude. <laughs> I thought I You're hit the terrible. Limit, I thought I thought this we is could a family podcast with children and young no, it's people. No, I put an I put an explicit rating on. Oh, this. did you? Well, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the innuendo gets a bit out of hand sometimes, <laughs> especially with Tim on the pod. Um, informative but dirty. That is Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, look, the higher the brow, the lower the loin. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) So, yes, coming back to it, I'm going to be talking about an escape room with a bit of a unique twist called Enter the Loop, which is a panic room, one of the panic rooms in Gravesend. Um, And I've been to a few escape rooms. I haven't done loads, probably about 10, but I really, really like you. It's not loads and loads. I'm sure there's people that like spend pretty much like every other weekend going to escape rooms and want to sure. complete them all. I'm not quite that uh, <laughs> that much of an enthusiast. Gotta catch them all. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah, I love their rooms. I think they've all 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 of them have got something quite unique about them, which I haven't experienced from mm-hmm. um, other companies that do escape rooms. Um, so yeah, when it comes to things that really make it stand out, that is something that I will be definitely be highlighting. But yeah, I just kind of wanted to bring this up because I'm not a puzzle logic game person. No, but Erin, Erin famously kind of no, hates puzzles. I do, but <laughs> there, there is something about doing it in real life with a group of people that I absolutely love because it's so chaotic and everyone's just like, ah! all the time and it's just yeah that uh kind of excitement of doing these puzzles with other people and the teamwork and aspects of it i think actually make it a lot more enjoyable is it because they solve the puzzles for you no actually i (laughs) I did really good at this one i got so many puzzles so erin tell us about this game in a nut this puzzle game escape room in a nutshell so i'm gonna i'm gonna give a spoiler alert um in fact actually i tell you what i will do i'm gonna read there's a bit of blurb on their website that i thought i could quickly read yes please do and i can mark the spoiler in the show notes so okay. uh, people can skip over it okay so step into the laboratory of frontier engineering a research company tackling the unknowns of science one mind-boggling paradox at a time undertake a 60-minute trial that's debatable of a mysterious and powerful device called the unit Ooh. they won't tell us what it does but they assure us that it is completely safe so is this the absolute unit I've heard about? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the internet keeps saying absolute unit. I'm presuming that's what they mean. <laughs> so the unit, um, 
the unit in this game is kind of like this massive pod that I guess doubles up as like a time traveling spaceship or something. And the first part of the game is that you have to unlock the unit to get into it and then find out what it does. Wait, so you have to get into the room to then escape out of it? Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, so you, you're you're in the laboratory and you have to basically, I feel like they explained it like you're an intern there because the person who was meant to be undertaking the mission was ill or something with like with COVID because of the times. Yeah. Um, so you had to undertake the mission, but they didn't know how to unlock it. So you had to find various clues, very generic escape room to start with. So then yeah. you unlock it and then you go into the unit and that's when everything becomes a bit more exciting. Ooh. Because what happens, there's some audio playing, the unit shakes and then it all of a sudden comes to a stop. And then you walk into the next room and it's another escape room, but you can hear yourself from the other room. <gasps> and you, essentially what you have to do is play against yourself in this escape Aww. room. You have to complete the second escape room before your former selves complete the one before. So it's a time challenge. And um, oh, wow. it starts, like the, the, the first escape room is just like basic, but this one has like some dramatic music slowly getting more and more intense. Oh, no, and every time like a puzzle is completed, a light comes on signaling that your uh, your former self is coming to the end of their challenges and that was just really what got it exciting because it, it was it wasn't just a race against the clock it was a race against yourselves and you could hear yourselves in the other room getting excited about all the puzzles and what you were doing and it was quite chaotic and quite um disruptive to what you were doing um so you had to really kind of uh you know Put, put yourself, you were under pressure. You had to keep calm and just like try and do things in a timely manner and just work everything out. Um, it was just really, really fantastic. And basically it was, um, if they completed the puzzle before you, I think they would come out of the unit in the story and mm. you couldn't meet your past selves. Oh, I think you, I, there's it. like that whole time traveling yeah. thing, isn't it? You can't meet your past selves. Yeah. So like, we didn't know about this at all. We had no idea about this. And then when that all just unfolds, it was just like, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely loved it. So without the spoilers, yes. so that I can uh, like let people skip over that bit, because that's a massive spoiler, because obviously you can just be really slow in the first room, <laughs> if you know. <laughs> um, tell us about the kind of puzzling experience. So, I mean, it's, it's nothing new to actually uh, the puzzles that you get in typical escape rooms like working out certain codes by like um, you know picking up piece of paper using a projector making sure patterns line up um, looking around the rooms for various things like I think one of them was on a computer forgotten my oh this is quite funny actually oh uh, yeah you've forgotten your password you need to find three things that are the security codes what oh, car right. you drive yeah. um name of your pet and then like favorite favorite dish from a restaurant i think was the other one oh, that's a good security yeah. question yeah you had a chinese menu there and it was always circled a certain number oh. <laughs> um i accidentally stole a prop though <laughs> oh dear <laughs> um so you know how i said about one of the, the secret questions was uh what car do you drive we managed to find a set of car keys that were Fiat 500 ones. 
And I put those in my pocket just in case we needed those for later. I forgot to take them out of my pocket. And uh, I got a very, very, um, just, what's the word? Like, not angry, but like, uh, worried phone call from the panic rooms being like, excuse me, have you stolen our keys? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so I think I might have ruined the escape room for other people. <laughs> I, I hope they had spares. Yeah, but, I imagine car keys are not because they were proper car keys. I saw you. Yeah. I saw them. Um, <laughs> they weren't like a prop. Prop. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I think it's like fifteen quid to get your car keys redone, isn't it? I went back the next day and gave it back, oh, well but done. I just hope I didn't ruin oh. anyone else's experiences. Oh. So, of it. what were the highlights for you of this experience? The the um it was it was the twist really yeah, once you twist. came out the other side of the unit which sounds a bit weird but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the twist the twist of it really really was engaging and I think if you like um and now I know this has been brought up on our our podcast before Majora's Mask the way the last day is on that with the music and the dramaticness yeah. and how it just builds tension over time. It really reminded me of that. The music was very, very similar. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that aspect of it, I think, really, I found, yeah, super, super enjoyable compared to, like, I mean, I've always liked escape rooms. But, yeah, this one is, I think, my favourite one that I've been to so far. Yeah. Mm. Amazing. And talk us through anything that was less good. I don't know, actually. I don't, I genuinely don't think there's anything I can feel... Um, that was negative about it. Like, it was just so unpredictable and exciting. It was really, yeah, I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Sorry, my mum's distracting me in the background. Go away. Come <laughs> on, bye. She's waving at us through the We're doing the podcast. Go away. Oh Sorry about that. No, there's, there's no negatives <laughs> that I can think of. I, I enjoyed the whole experience from start to finish, and it just got better and better as it was going as well. So, because you've mentioned the spoiler, which is quite key, um, mm. do you feel like this has any replayability? Because there are a lot of escape rooms that have been designed in a way that you can go back, you know, six months later and yeah. with a different bunch of people and it would still be fun. Um, only if they change uh, some of the puzzles in it. Mm. But I, I don't feel like that's the point of this one. I feel like this this one you're meant to go in and that twist is the, um, is the surprise. Experience. Yeah. Um, do you know what? Weirdly, now I've I've not played the Portal games, at least not to like a, a like a full degree. I yeah, might it's have weird because Portal is like a trigger word for Erim, even though he's never played it <laughs> because he knows it involves logic puzzles and it just terrifies him. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, yeah, the reason I bring it up is because on their website they actually say it's akin to Portal, which I don't really get because there was no Portal gun. And I didn't go through any walls and come out the other side. Well, I guess the unit, but that's not what yeah, that is, is it? That's time traveling, isn't it? Portal doesn't have any time traveling elements no, to it. No, it. it's a, it's basically about opening your way through to the next bit. It, and it, depends, it. it depends how. Uh, basically, depends how it's into similar. Einstein's relativity you are, I think, as to whether oh. you think it's time traveling, Spe time space, the same thing. Is it? Who knows? Okay, there you go. There, there you go. I mean, um, to me, the only similarity is that you go through a few doors. Yeah, because this almost feels like it's taken inspiration from the sort of Groundhog Day type mm -hmm. yeah. cycle and then, yeah, using yeah. that as a sort of basis to create tension. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Sounds interesting. So uh, anything of note that you haven't already mentioned? Not particularly. Um, I mean, the twist, the music, the atmosphere, and the way they just create the tension at the end is just, yeah, really formidable. And what about the physical space? Like, is it dressed really well? Is it designed? Yeah, oh yeah, so sorry, yeah. It, it is quite immersive. It does feel like you're in some sciencey laboratory and there's like, um, oh, actually, one of the puzzles I really, really liked, I forgot to mention it, that they've got like this weird machine with like, um, I think it was like a, a key stuck within some ice and you had to, I feel like it was like make a chemical formula to melt whatever was inside of oh. it. Yeah, I forgot about so that So you actually bit. did some science? Yeah, well, very basic because I feel like <laughs> kids need to be able to play it. <laughs> but yeah, it was Future like- reference there, Amy, you can just wee on it. <laughs> well, you, could, it. you couldn't because it was kept within a, uh, like a cylinder, like a glass cylinder in a machine. Oh. So See, you they, had they to... anticipated people like you coming in. Yeah, that's before. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was quite cool because it, yeah, there were like some, um, yeah, sciencey elements to it as well, like that. And there was also, I can't remember what it's called, where you work out um, the amount of electrons and protons and neutrons in an atom to um, work out a code for a lock. So there is a bit of that. Yeah, it's digestible science. Let's digestible. Call it that. Yeah. Anyone uh, could understand, but you feel like you're a scientist yeah. at the time. Year eight science. Basically, yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, so who would you recommend this uh, escape room experience to? Um, I feel like it needs to be a diverse group of people to really enjoy it. Um, I feel like if just myself and my girlfriend did it, it wouldn't have been quite as fun. I feel like the more people you have, the better. But um, essentially, anyone really, as long as you're with other people, like if you are, if you have got kids, I feel like they'd enjoy it if they were with adults as well, mm -hmm. because everyone needs to be doing stuff in certain puzzles so they can feel a, a part of it. Mm -hmm. um, but if I was saying like, just to a specific demographic, maybe like teenagers and above, I think would, be absolutely fine with it but and more it... towards 20-ish 30 kind of age I feel like okay so you feel like it's pitched that sort of age. yeah um, I was gonna say is it something that you play with randoms in order to make up the numbers or is it just your group we did it just as our group I'm not sure what the rules are because it was quite soon after um the lockdown had ended so mm. it was all very much like you had to sign in you had to do all these various different things you had to provide covid test um results so oh, i'm not sure what it's like in normal it. functionality yeah. but yeah during um that time it was just our group of about five people okay very nice and you assume all the props have been uh, sanitized <laughs> i'd hope so <laughs> which is something positive i think we can all take away from this experience is just clean stuff yeah yes come on <laughs> um, great so i think that brings us nicely onto your rating of enter the loop escape room yeah, uh, 10 out of 10. Whoa. I, I loved it. Like, of all the escape rooms, that one was the benchmark for everything, I think. Nothing else is compared to it, really. Just wow. honestly, so, so well done. So well set up. Such a big surprise. And like I said, the tension at the end is really fathomable. You just really feel as the music gets louder and louder and louder and the lights go on and you hear the other room just going, yeah. <laughs> 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 for many fathoms um, <laughs> okay 
<laughs> so that brings us to the end of the review section of the podcast. Um, but it is October. Mm-hmm. And talking of things that we love and make us excited, this is the month of the year now that all the big games come out. Uh, mm-hmm. Is there anything that either of you are really excited about that is about to drop? Yes, I'm... I've got a couple of things. Go on, Tim. Go on, Tim. One. I mean, one is, first of all, I love playing a good uh, horror game with other people around Halloween. Last year, I um, played a Dark Pictures anthology game. And there's another one being released this month. So I look forward to getting someone on my sofa and being very scared about silly things uh, with that one. Oh, me, me, me. Can I go? And yes, please. Yay. And um, (laughs) the other one is next month, uh, they're releasing Forza Horizon 5. (gasps) And uh, I really enjoyed the last Forza Horizon. Mm-hmm. And I'm also just, and we get to drive around Mexico this time, yeah. which I think will be fun. I'm hoping for some secret pyramids. And also I want to know whether they're taking any inspiration from the fuel crisis. And one of the challenges is just to queue at a garage. I cannot believe, like, I literally was going to say that today because I, there were so <laughs> many driving games sort of that have just come out or like Sims I'm talking about. So uh, mm. do you guys watch Limmy play on, on Twitch? He's he spent a long time um playing a lorry driving sim and i was like surely they need to add the fuel crisis into that like a truck (laughs) driving Mm -hmm. sim (laughs) yeah so here in the uk uh (laughs) september into october 2021 idiots have taken all the fuel out of the the petrol stations so that normal people and people that need to work um, unfortunately, the thing is, it's a knock-on effect, isn't yeah. it? The idiots do it, so you have to do it. So, you have so to then, do it. there's more queues, less petrol, and it's just like, oh. So we're God. literally at a place where ambulances don't have enough fuel. It's crazy. It's crazy. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm also looking forward to that Forza. The last one was really cool because it was in the UK, wasn't it? And it was cool, like mm-hmm. driving around Edinburgh. Yeah, I especially enjoyed Edinburgh as well. Brought back a lot of memories. Oh, yes. <laughs> that was a bit when you were sick on the roll, Marl. And... Mm. <laughs> yeah. That was oh, the that's woods the gut- you camped that- in. <laughs> yeah. That's the gutter I fell asleep in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about you, Erin? I've, I've been terrible. I haven't really seen any releases. I mean, I'd like to get my hands on the new Far Cry game. Yeah, definitely. Far Cry 6. Yeah. I mean, the guy who plays um, the lead character, I love him. Yeah, uh, the lead Batman. I always forget his. I forget his name, name, but Gus from Breaking Gus Bad. Gus from Breaking Bad. <laughs> oh. It's Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, um, I think he's wicked. He's like one of my favourite bad guys. So we've got that on pre-order, partly because um, you get animal friends again. Yay! Uh, <laughs> there is a there is a small uh, d- dachshund type dog called Churito who uh, is going to be one of your animal friends who looks like a total badass. (laughs) And you get an alligator as a mate as well. Really? Yeah. (gasps) Do you get to ride the alligator? But yeah, uh, I I don't think so. They're pretty low to the ground. Yeah, but like, how epic would that be? I mean, you could probably surf one. I don't know about riding. (laughs) Surfing is a form of riding, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I guess you ride a wave. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting into some about word riding. Uh, the other game I'm super pumped about is finally we're getting a remastered version of Alan Wake. Oh! Yay! Uh, I don't know what that is, so please explain. Uh, so Tim and I, well, Tim had an Xbox when we lived together, an Xbox 360. This was one of my favourite games on that. Um, it's basically you're a uh, horror writer, is it? Mm-hmm. It's a horror writer, isn't it? It's very Stephen Kingy. 
Yeah. Ooh. You're basically uh, Stephen King and the world <laughs> gets really dark and you have a really crap torch and you go around and um, with very limited light, you have to do stuff. Oh no, what, like you, <laughs> your battery lasts for a couple of minutes or something and you have to like, oh no. Things might come and get you. Oh no, no, the dark is bad. Oh, I'm, I'm so looking forward to it because I think it's a, per- it's a perfect sort of horror game and also mm. I bloody loved that game the first time around, so... Uh, yeah. Oh, very, oh also, uh, for Nintendo fans, finally, Metroid, the new Metroid, is going to Oh! Ooh. Is it yeah. going to be in the similar style to, you know, how Metroid Prime was, like the first person kind of shooter? It's platformy. It <gasps> by the looks of it, I've seen some clips. It looks pretty platformy. Um, it's probably going to be really hard because all the Metroid games are very, very tricky. Um, and I think you get followed by something. Oh, no. And they've introduced a sort of. Alien isolation means Metroid. But um, I don't know much about it except I've watched a few clips and it it looks pretty sexy. Um, It's sort of slightly up to date graphics, but I think it's gone back to its sort of platformy roots. Oh, good. I much prefer that. Yeah. I love the classic Metroid. Go Samus. Yes. Um, Yeah. So very excited about those those games. Fantastic. And also lots of horror films. And I think uh, just throwing out there, traps. are you up for doing a horror game special later yes. in the month? Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, 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 special yes. to Playton. All right. Um, get playing those horror games, collating uh, your recommends for our listeners, and we'll bring that to you later in October. Um, I think that brings us to the end. Any final words? No, it's good to Would see you, you all. Especially you, virtual Tim. Would you like some drink re- recommendations? <gasps> oh, yes, I forgot. Tim's Tim's tipple recommendations. He's going to do a drinks pair, pairing for every single game slash experience that we've mentioned today. So let's start with Mist. <laughs> okay, this is new. Okay. Oh, we'll yeah, we introduced with... this when you weren't here. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we started this last week. That's why I was like, is she going to ask? All right, starting with Mist. I had to go. <laughs> had to go with Ocean Mist. It's yeah. a cocktail. So you, pl- you pour blue curacao into a glass. And then you put tequila, apricot brandy, lemon juice, salt, and aquafaba into a shaker. You <gasps> shake that up with some ice, pour it over, and you get this cocktail that washes from blue to green to a sea foam top. Wow. Oh, oh I love that foamy oh my top. my God, that sounds amazing. Who doesn't like a foamy top? <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. Okay, and Tim's, Tim's tasty tipple recommendation for uh, Return of the Obra Dinn. So you have to tell me, what territory were you in? What territory was your boat in? Oh, you come to the, back know? to the UK. Cause it's, yeah, you come back to the it's, UK. Oh, it's in the UK. Yeah, so, okay. everyone's, so got, for... everyone's got a British accent apart from the people that were from Asia who, who were also on the ship. So, yeah. Ah, oh, perfect. They've been to Asia. That's, that's why yep. I wanted to know whether it was going east or west. So uh, it's got to be an IPA then. Because the India Pale Ale was popularised beginning of the 19th century. Um, In England, it was known as October Beer, first of all. And we are in October. And then they would ship it out through the East India Company over to India, where it became super, super popular. So India Pale Ale, not made in India, made in England. um, Just up the River Lee, in fact. And they would sail it down to the East India docks and then ship it out. So it's got to be an IPA. Whoa, very good, Tim. Very good. And last but not least, um, enter the loop. I'm, I'm kind of dreading <laughs> but, to think what drink this is going to be. Well, first of all, Slips I'm going to say don't do don't do an escape room drunk. <laughs> they won't let you in. So make sure beforehand you've had lots of water. Uh, the last time I did an escape room, um, I had a lot of Craig Davids. So I have a very strong association between Craig Davids and escape room. What is a Craig uh, Davids? Do you know? 
Uh, Craig David is tequila and pineapple juice. Uh, so called apparently because it's surprisingly smooth. <laughs> but the one I will recommend for you, the one I will recommend is called Grape Escape, okay. which is a cocktail where you muddle grapes and mint, and then you shake it with cognac and sugar, and you top it up with champagne. So that's a good victory oh, drink, I think. Also, a, a, quite a, a, a sort of celebratory, uh, yeah, 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 slightly expensive ingredients. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> yeah. Cognac and champagne. <laughs> How do you know oh, all this nice. about drinks? Well, I have a drinks podcast, Erin. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I did not realise. Erin is like the least observant person ever. We've discussed this on the podcast so, so many times. <laughs> I forget things. <laughs> I'm sorry. Erin only has limited amounts of room in his brain. Yeah, I run out of space in there. <laughs> That's why he needs to get other people to go to puzzle rooms with him so he can get them to I the promise I did a couple. <laughs> Silly. Um, all righty. Thank you so much for tuning in for this latest edition of My Turn Podcast. Uh, it's time to say goodbye. But before we do, please give us a subscribe. Share this pod with your mates. Recommend some games for us to play or some real life experiences. We're based in London. So if you are in London or the southeast, recommend some more escape rooms to us. Um, also, any board games because it is the season coming up now of being indoors and playing things on tables and we can be indoors with each other which is always always a positive yes we can um thank you very much just bye from me jim bye from me erin and bye from me tim (laughs) bye tim's gonna go get a tip for tips and tips again bye